KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. I'm Laura Jones. Thanks for plugging into your community with us tonight. And by us, I mean myself. And Nicole Bordeaux is back as promised. She's stepping into the ring, supposedly, I guess. (laughs) I hope so. It's not a ring, though. (laughs) It's just a comfortable studio with a couple of mics. And uh, when you were on doing uh, Music Meets Activism with me, I said, you should come on. You should come do some shows. What do you want to talk about? And you're like, creativity and art. Why is that huge for you? Why are we talking about that tonight? Well, I'm really excited, uh, Laura, to talk about, you know, meet your maker and I, I know this has been a show you've worked on over the yeah. years and thinking about all the cool artists out there and what they're doing and how they're doing and what the perspective is in the community and I talked to you about you know how they're using this to be activists in our community and also how they're doing this just to with their mental health and 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 really just contributing to our community so I'm excited to meet our our people today, starting with our uh, Zane and uh, Alan Ocho with the um, our muralist, and as well with the Roots Art Collective and Louis Novo to talk about what right. they've been working on. Well, I got some rallies and resources before we get there. We're going to dive in with, like you said, Zane Zane Smith from the Salt Lake Community College. He's a rising student journalist. Just had a story published in the Trib called Mural Artists Return to Their Roots with Work at Salt Lake Community College's Peace and Justice Garden. So I'm excited to hear about that, but then also go see it myself, right? right. Um, and then we've also got Miriam Gutierrez and Chris Peterson that you know. Mm-hmm. They were a part of the West of Conventional Mural Tour that Visit Salt Lake put on, I think it was a year ago was a year yeah. ago, I believe. Yeah. Check the show notes tonight, folks. We will have uh, a clink. A clink. <laughs> it's Monday. A link. So you can go take that tour. And I'm hoping that we'll find out a bunch of other spots to send people with our muralists. But rallies and resources online at krcl.org. You click on community affairs to find the rallies and resources tab. I still have festivals at the top of this list because it's still going on. Lots of community stuff. Last weekend was busy. I don't know if you got out and about and checked out some things, Nicole. But uh, it's still busy with festivals. It is. I know um, Miriam was at the Frida Festival down yeah. at the Gateway, mm-hmm. and they were working on uh, actually painting uh, as you live. walk by live. Yeah. Um, so th- so the, that was happening. I know maybe the ninth and ninth was either last week. Or it was the week coming before because we were there with the record right. sale. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So there's lots that's going busy on. Busy month. Yeah. All right. Just to remind you all, the Utah Humanities Book Festival is going on through the end of October. Hundreds of cool things to go see and do and, and hear. And we have a link so you can uh, check it out. They're always posting what's coming up. The Get to the River Festival also goes through the end of this week. It's been 30 days of celebrating along the Jordan River. You've got the Hibernian Society, Sam Hain and Dia de los Muertos, both on October, October 8th at different places in our community. And then you've got the 6th Annual Ogden Hispanic Festival, October 15th. Diwali Festival of Lights at the Hare Krishna Temple in Salt Lake on the 22nd. And then November 4th through 5th, the 14th Annual Red Rock Music Festival. And if I may, this Wednesday, the 28th, it's the history of the Great Salt Lake, the first of several panel discussions organized by the Great Salt Lake Collaborative. 
including KRCL, to bring you more information on the plight of the Great Salt Lake. And I do believe they're going to hybrid this one, Nicole. So you can go in person to the Marmalade branch of the City Library, 280 West, 500 North, for this conversation in person, or they're also going to stream it online. Hopefully, we get a good recording and can bring it into the show. So those are just a, a couple of things for folks to check out, again, online at uh, krcl.org under Community Affairs. Find the Rallies and Resources tab if there's something you think should be on there that we should talk about on the show. Just send me an email, radioactive at krcl.org. So Zane Smith from The Globe at Salt Lake Community College, the student newspaper, is with us, Nicole. And here an article about the Roots Arts Collective with a K. And the interesting thing, all of our muralists have this Salt Lake Community College connection. We'll hear about this hour. But I was hoping Zane could uh, step up to the mic, join us tonight, and and talk about this article and what, what fascinated it about him enough to to dig into it and meet these folks. Zane, pull that microphone nice and close. And uh, congratulations on your first story published with the Globe, the Trib, Amplify Utah. Thank you so much. So tell us about yourself first. You're a student journalist. Yeah, I'm a political science major um, and I graduate in December. So. Excellent. What turned you on to the Roots Art Collective? Uh, I took a journalism class this last summer and my teacher, Lana Medina, she kind of set up uh, this article to even happen. She, one of our last projects, she gave us a pool of ideas and one of them was that a mural was being commissioned by, by Slick and I kind of just jumped on that. All right. So where is this mural that we're going to hear about in a second? It is at the South City campus at the Peace and Justice Gardens. All right. I was thinking Peace Gardens over on the West oh, side. Nice. This is at the Old South High, right? That's right. All mm -hmm. right. So it's done? It is. All right, you want to introduce us to two of your subjects, shall we say, of your story? Yes, of course, Alan over here and Luis. Hi, Alan. Hello. Alan Ochoa and Luis Novoa. Uh, grab that microphone. In fact, Zane, why don't you uh, share that one with uh, Alan as uh, Nicole and I chat. And uh, you have like a, an arc you kind of want to hear from muralist tonight. I do. I think it's really interesting. I want to hear a little bit more about uh, the roots and how you all started um, and, and where it began. And really, tell me about as youth, if this was still something that you knew you were going to do, or has this always kind of been out there or it kind of grew into it. But um, and then we can get to the actual product of the mural, but I'd really love to hear where it started for you too. And I know there's a third person that's part of the collective with you. Yeah, who is that? Yeah, that's uh, Miguel Galas. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to make it, but um, shout out Miguel if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, so Alan, why don't you go first and tell us your origin story? Um, yeah, so I guess I always had, uh, like I'd always doodle in like school, in high school and stuff and had friends growing up that did graffiti and uh, never really got into that but it was always around it and uh, really appreciated that art uh, and I guess the first mural I made was um, through a grant um, from Salt Lake Community College and uh, yeah, it was through the like civically engaged scholars like the Thane yeah. Center I think you've had them on the show yeah, before yeah. Um, but yeah so they gave me a grant to do a few murals like you know there's in, it was in Kearns uh, where I was living and painting um, and there was a lot of, uh, you know, buffs like, you know, where graffiti has just been painted over and it's just like 
blotchy grays like off tone grays so just did a few murals there uh in that area and um another friend uh, introduced me to miguel which was doing a mural at uh, this uh, mexican restaurant and luis was also there and that's kind of like the first time we painted about maybe seven years ago yeah. um yeah. but yeah. yeah luis yeah uh yeah it was about seven years ago i met miguel at like a i don't know like an open mic thing going on and i've always just been involved with arts and activism i was actually parts of the mestizo arts and activism mm -hmm. uh collective that works with high school students and so uh always working on projects with community always um intrigued me but uh i had actually gone to high school with alan and his brother um back at copper hills high and we didn't really know each other too well but then we connected at that one mirror at the Mexican restaurant. And um, yeah, that's where the three of us kind of connected. And I mean, that's where the roots basically started, but the Roots Art Collective actually um, has been painting murals and has been a collective since 2019, so. Can you tell me a little bit more about the activism and how the collective uses art with youth or even your voice to get that out there in the community and 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 what you're trying to say with your murals they're beautiful by the way I was thank you thank you uh -huh. and it's it's great to be here thank you for having <laughs> us um yeah i think i think the artist's role is really important to think about right and with public art i think it's really important to have a message when you have something so public and accessible um you know i think about I think about youth that may see a mural that I paint and they might see it every day on their way to school or something. And that might change the way that they look at the world, think their perspectives. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important to um, have subject matter that people can relate to and start asking questions, if not start a conversation. Sounds like a lot of issues of identity that are just maybe subtext to the art you do. And I'm kind of curious, Alan and Luis, what you saw in art or in murals before you started painting them yourself and how what you saw maybe directed you or Nicole changed what you wanted to do, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess back then, um, downtown it had like all the murals like the only murals were downtown um and on the west side where we're living uh it was more you know run down uh that investment wasn't there to you know create murals and color to revitalize a neighborhood um so that was like the initial draw was just like let's make this look pretty you know like let's bring some joy or, or happiness or positivity and color um, that was the uh, initial goal, uh, as well as uh, representing the community and, um, I guess, expressing the identity, you know, because it's like when you paint a mural, yeah, there will be your style that you put in that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's those people that are walking by every day and um, it's their mural. So, Luis, what, what, what about you and that journey? And also... Tell us what you put into some of your early murals and why you chose either those symbols or those those faces. Yeah, what's the inspiration as you look into the community? Is it, you know, is it the nature piece? Is it the colors? Is it even smells? Or how do you how do you bring that culture out? Would be great to hear. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
I mean, of course, the smells of, I mean, my medium, I love to work with spray paint, right? And I mean, speak about clinks, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, th that little click clack that you hear from the can is, um, yeah. yeah, it's just one of those things that it's almost unexplainable. Um, but, um, you know, I think some of my first works was actually with Creed Chris Peterson um, doing some year. of my first murals. So uh, thinking back to that one, you know, I was working on like a tree with roots and um, kind of like space and galactic stuff, you know. Um, I now focus a lot more on hand lettering and calligraphy, which is my component to the to the rack. And, um, you know, that's that's kind of where I get a lot of my inspiration is to the movement and the strokes to a letter and um, almost making it like a, uh, a mystery too. You gotta mm. figure it out. And, and um, so yeah, I, I do kind of like to pull from like poetry and music um, so I can use lyrics as to, um, just to refer back to and, and create an image, a story. And you, Alan, what is th what is that for you? If he's working on the words and the and the lettering, yeah. where are you? Um, I I like to work on, um, I guess the natural environment. I really like incorporating um, things like that, like you know the butterfly, the monarch. Um, also, you know, connecting that to like immigration or like other issues that are happening. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy figures, people, um, I, I, yeah, it's super fun to paint that stuff, but. I want to ask you, how does the butterfly reflect to immigration? Is there, can you give me a little more to that and that imagery? Yeah, um, I guess it's kind of like the, that idea of like, there are no borders, you know, mm. it's like, like people and animals, they just naturally um would cross from mountains or different ranges and there were no arbitrary lines that were just drawn on a map like um and then that's just kind of like what humans did or you know um so it's that idea that like immigration and like people coming here uh, for a better life is natural and yeah it should be allowed but yeah thinking about the monarch as well as uh you know naturally they they migrate themselves mm -hmm. you know they every year they go up north and then somehow every year they come back to one little place in mexico called michoacan mm -hmm. and my dad's told me stories where he's seen this in real life and trees covered with monarchs wow. where the branches are literally like bending you know close to breaking so and it's been ages since we've seen monarchs yeah, like yeah. that in utah oh, yeah. i remember so, it's about a decade yeah. So. Yeah, you don't really see them very often. And so, you know, even that, right? Um touching on those things, it's it's a rarity and and also celebrating migration um and as in the in the image mm. of the mural, right? It's kind of coming out of this lotus flower, the lotus flower representing peace, um transformation, right? It's also at a at a campus of of at Slick where sometimes your your path through through higher education, I mean, everybody's path is different, and so it's just that the imagery of, of transformation and, and coming out.
positively out of that. So this mural that you're talking about, the lotus flower yeah, and the monarch, yeah. it's on the north wall, according to Zane's piece, of the Peace and Justice Garden on the South City campus. Where is that on the campus? It's on State Street and 15th South, yeah, right? It's, it's on the east side of the, of the campus. Um, there's like a little nook, a little like, little grassy garden, area yeah. and then, then you can go into the east side of the the school and there's an art gallery there so is it right mm. yep. am i in the right yep. area yep. right there okay. right yeah. right outside of the gallery i'm right yeah. out there in that area but you've they've also done lots of other murals zane reports that um there's a japanese restaurant in downtown people's garden along the jordan river parkway outside a barber shop in the fair park a car repair shop in South Salt Lake, a Mexican bakery in Kearns. And then last year, the Roots Art Collective uh, created one of the murals for an ongoing exhibition in the Great Hall of the Utah Museum of Fine Arts. What are we going to see if we go up there and take a look, Alan and Luis? Yeah, I think you'll see, um, I think one of our best murals to date. Um, very powerful. Um, you know, I think we we succeeded in in what we wanted people to feel when they go into this space so um yeah we just want to have people feel a sense of connection um go back into the time of that pandemic and really reflect on those silver linings of of what did you positively take out of those experiences of of maybe being alone and um yeah i think you'll, you'll find something that that will make you feel warm connected, um, relatable. Alan? Yeah. Uh, on that one, we we used, like, uh, people called into a hotline to kind of, like, express those, uh, those feelings or, you know, what they got through the pandemic. And we did use some of those as inspiration. Uh, ah, so you had, a, you had the community supplying oh, yeah. a conversation. Like, yeah, some ideas and, like, also the other artists – that were involved also uh, were able to listen to those and yeah. kind of reference that to, you know, try to express that. Like Luis was talking earlier about, you know, the artist's role in society and it's like trying to translate, you know, these feelings that we have or, um, yeah. But yeah, that yeah. one was awesome, super special to do. Yeah. So tell me going forward, how are you thinking about some of the great art that you've done and, and what your expectations are for new projects? Some of the new projects that are coming up, maybe you can tell us about, but also how you incorporate community and uh, some of these pieces of culture and uh, activism that you uh, put into your pieces. Yes, uh, I guess the the most meaningful pieces that we've done are always the ones that uh, we're incorporating the uh, community in some way. Um, it just feels a little bit more, um, I guess, genuine uh, and powerful. Um, and I think what I would like to see is like just continuing to do those type of murals. Because, um, you know, sometimes like trying to like do it as a job, it can be stressful or um, just worrying about the money aspect. So it's just like, um, connecting to the art aspect of it uh, and continuing to do that. I really love the fact that you're spreading this throughout the valley, right? Not just downtown Salt Lake, thinking about Kearns, West Valley, those areas. So that's really neat. It's part of a fabric of a community. And right. I know from your time with the Becker administration, was yes, it? Yes. Um, creating community through all the different tools that we have 
So uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious because, Alan, you said something earlier about, you know, on, on the Valley's west side and neighborhoods where there are those, what you call them, buff zones, kind of that gray or, or, or beige. Um, have you found that your murals are being respected? No one's tagging them up? Oh, yeah. There's, there's even one, I don't know, uh, that's still standing from, you know, back in 2015 or, wow. or whatever. Um, so... Uh, even like connecting that to graffiti like usually people don't uh tag on something that's already there like uh they are artists too and they respect that and um yeah so that that's helped a, a ton with that um i would still like to see a lot more over there so we probably just also need a hustle and, uh, and paint more over on the west side but, so how can yeah. people hire the yeah. roots arts <laughs> collective what's your website yeah yeah you can find us at the rootsartcollective.com that's with the k on collective um or the r-a-k dot murals on instagram and we'll put all that in the show notes you know i was thinking about the free frida fiesta mm -hmm. and miriam's gonna talk about that because she painted uh down at the gateway over the the weekend but that reminds me of frida Kahlo's partner shall we say right <laughs> it's historical context i don't want to dive yeah. into but diego rivera is known for these big yeah, huge, huge mur murals about workers and, and and labor and i'm just kind of curious uh what are some of your heroes when it comes to murals and art is there anyone that maybe as you were you know getting into art you're like oh that i like that alan uh yeah etum crew uh they i don't know what part of europe they're from but they do a lot of work in europe and they just do these enormous like 15-story apartment buildings and it's just absolutely beautiful yeah. um yeah that's i think when i think about inspiration that's my biggest inspiration i'm trying to think of the biggest one that i can think of here and i think of the virgin mary over on the mm -hmm. old guthrie bicycle building on second south yeah. is there anything bigger than that that that's, you guys are aware of that's the one i was gonna reverence because yeah. that's the one i grew up with and i you know those guys did graffiti and so i followed them basically my whole life um and then i just kind of traced that back to how you say diego rivera Siqueiros, mm -hmm. um, Los Tres Grandes, right, from Mexico. It's always kind of cool to, I don't know, see ourselves in, in those roles, uh, being Miguel and Alan. Um, we've also, we, we took a trip down to New Mexico, and we, we stopped and seen some petroglyphs and stuff like that. And so it's always nice to kind of think about we're kind of part of this legacy of writing on the wall, right? And, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're, we're kind of representing and and dialing in what what it looks like to to be alive in 2022 and and mm -hmm. what it's like to live in this day and age mm -hmm. so uh, yeah i i do uh, get a lot of inspiration from those who have come before me and that's really great well uh, i was gonna say utah's um population is becoming more and more diverse do you think that this writing on the wall literally <laughs> is um something that can help the whole community as we you know the population supposed to double and then triple here in the coming decades. There's going to be more of us. We're going to be closer together and our tensions are going to rise, but art can be this bridge, Luis. Yeah, I think, um, it's the way that we use it, right? Um, it, it can definitely be used as a bridge. Um, I do think, you know, as murals start to pop up around places, things start to become nicer. Rent starts to go up. These things start to be, you know, um, controversial topics um, that we can get into but um, you know I do think 
as as we like to use, you know, I don't think our murals have been tagged on or anything because we do really value the community and we mm -hmm. like to put them in them. So they like to see, I, I think they like to see a part of that of themselves on a wall, you know, and so they respect it a lot more. I think when you involve the community in what they want to see in what we're doing, um, those outcomes are going to be a lot more um, fruitful and mm -hmm. with a lot more growth. Yeah, I, I was going to say there are a few buildings I see coming up right now with with some art on on the side of the buildings and wondering how they are and maybe I'll follow up but how they're integrating with the community and what they want to see on those buildings or private developments um, in the community as they grow up but to your point how do we continue to make sure the community has a voice in in those blocks right because that you know I believe that's how yeah. we protect our cities and it'd be interesting to hear from you all that you know how we make sure our youth are involved in art and, and, and getting their voice into that. So, Alan, you want to take that? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I, I want to say, like, thank you to the people who do uh, create those opportunities for artists to um, um, paint in different neighborhoods um, and, you know, provide a living for artists as well as, um, like, giving something to the community. Because, like, at the end of the day, it's somehow the community uh, or someone is paying for it. And um, I think that the people that just are working on that, like mm. keep doing that, <laughs> yeah, um, keep opening up those doors. And I guess uh, as artists too, that just continues to open up doors for other artists as well. And just yeah. kind of seeing the importance and value of art in the community. Well, you know, is part of the deal being a muralist that you have to be comfortable with your art disappearing one day because you're painting on a canvas that you don't own you can't sell um you have no idea if it's going to be preserved but then there's folks like you know banksy pops up in town and everyone loses their minds and has to preserve <laughs> it Luis. yeah i you know it's funny i think about that all the time because growing up doing graffiti you know you kind of let go of that that attachment mm. because it could be gone tomorrow um i would draw something on paper and then crumple it up and my friend would be like well why are you, why are you doing that you know it's like yeah i'll just do it again but yeah i think that there is this point of like everything is temporary mm. and you know uh, i i really like walking around the city and seeing these faded signs that mm -hmm. were painted in the 80s the 70s who knows you know 50s and hopefully <laughs> no we're we're being dated here laura but that's okay but i know what you mean uh, there, there's just signs. age and and you know it's like wine you Beautiful. know it ages nicely and i think it, it, hopefully i can see my stuff uh in, in the later years that that's an honor for me you know the funny story about banksy is that during the olympics i don't know if you all know the story he painted two uh, Laura probably knows this. He painted two uh, murals, one in Salt Lake City, one in Park City. We have a great graffiti team in Salt Lake City, and they paint over his his uh, mural in Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. So we had one. Well, some people might not like it. Some yeah. people like, yeah. I think if we would have known, it was just, <laughs> I think it was just them doing their job, but they we missed out on it. Yeah. Well, funny. Park City, Banksy, there was yeah. some controversy there, and I, yeah. I don't know if it survived or they peeled it off the wall finally. moved it or something. Yeah, they moved right? it, so it's interesting. But uh, thank you so much. Please keep in touch. We'd love to find out your next uh, commissions and 
and report on them and have you come back anytime and bring Miguel with you, okay? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, thank, thank you so you much right. for having and us. And congratulations, Zane. Yeah, um, first yeah, story. Yeah, that's great. And a great story it was. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that to light. We appreciate you. Thank you. Check to tonight's show notes for links to the story as well as the Roots Art Collective. Stick around. Nicole and I will be back for more Meet Your Maker with muralists here in Salt Lake City. And to get us from here to there, little Asteroids Galaxy Tour bring us together on KRCL. Community Services provides quarterly opportunities to become a licensed refugee foster parent. Becoming licensed provides the opportunity to bring one of these resilient youth into your home and create lifelong bonds. To register for the October training, visit ccsutah.org. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru, a community partner of YWCA Utah and the Stand Against Racism Challenge. Mark Miller Subaru loves diversity. Learn more at ywcautah.org and markmillersubaru.com. And welcome back to Radioactive on KRCL 90.9. I'm Laura Jones. And coming up at 7 o'clock, it's Democracy Now!, followed by Red, White, and Blues with Brian Kelm at 8, Night Train with Michelle Tanner at 10.30, and then John Florence back for your brand new day at 6 a.m. You can hear the last two weeks of any show on demand at krcl.org. Just click on the Programs tab. But of course, we also post this show with a SoundCloud file under the Radioactive Archives at krcl.org. Just click on Community Affairs and you'll find it. Nicole Bordeaux is along for the ride tonight as we expand into the extended play, Meet Your Maker, where you just wanted to really dig into DIY creatives in our community and find out what makes them tick, explore their creativity process, and hopefully in the process, Nicole, um, spark something for us and our listeners, right? Yeah, I'm really hoping that the listeners start to think about all our artists in the community and how they are um, communicating and working in, you know, kind of getting us activated and what's happening around our community. And I learned so much from our previous guest just a minute ago, and I'm excited for our new guests as well. Okay, let's get our new guests here on mic with us. We have joining us in the studio, Miriam Gutierrez. Hello. Cozy on up to that microphone, would you? <laughs> Hi. I'll get your headphones sorted out here in a second. And also with us, and both of you on the West of Conventional Tour with Visit Salt Lake last fall, we have Chris Peterson. Hey, Chris. Hi there. Thanks for coming in. Nicole, you, you've got the, you've got it. Take it. Well, I, I'm excited uh, to meet Miriam today. And, you know, I've known Chris and maybe a little bit longer than I care to say about 15 years. But one of the things I'm excited to talk about, especially with Chris and then moving on to Miriam about how the progression of art and murals um, throughout this time. Um, Chris, you and I met, oops, 15 years ago. Um, and I think our first kind of uh, interaction was you doing youth art. And we talked about that a little bit earlier. So I'd love to hear just, you know, kind of your origin story as we talked about uh, how you got started and, and, and what, was the, what was the environment of murals in Utah, you know, 20 years ago? Because I know you did them here and I know you did them uh, also internationally. Yeah. Um, 20 years ago... There was very few murals around, honestly. Uh, it, today, walking around, driving around, it is so refreshing to see all the color. Back then, I mean, there were some artists making big walls. Um, 
My personal venture into making murals started after I taught elementary school in Dilworth up in Sugar House. Did that for a year. It was K through six art. Um, the thing that woke me up was that the activities that the kids loved the most were stuff that dealt with animals. Um, my very first mural, actually this is a slit connection, was on Baxter's Cafe that was torn down to add the new wing on. Um, it was a duck that a kindergartner had drawn and um, it was so rudimentary but it was beautiful and so I put it on the wall and had a little quote that sort of confounded traffic that I think it said ooh ooh ah ah <laughs> just to confuse people but uh, anyway that was the first one after I did that I did um, the Golden Eagle and on um, Hawk Watch but for me a lot of it really was about working with the kids empowering them to make a difference in their neighborhoods um, to imagine new possibilities and also to get them outside and engaged in nature and experiencing the wonder of those types of um, unstructured natural play. Miriam, we talked a little bit about this when I first met you. Can you tell me a little bit more about your beginnings in your mural and your art and how that kind of connectivity to youth kind of is intersected. Yeah. So I actually started painting with the Roots Art Collective, just, you know, filling in simple shapes and whatnot. And then after that, they were kind of like, you can do this on your own. And for the longest time, I didn't think I could just because I had my, you know, full time job and I wanted that consistency as far as like paying goes and stuff. And, and then I just did it. I started off at Poplar Grove and did a community based mural with the Utah University and then just kind of started doing more community garden murals. I've done one at the Glendale Community Learning Center and then another one for Ogwai People's Garden and just really started off there and wanted to really just see if I can do it on my own because it is a lot of work running solo. Um, and I found out that I could. And so started off there and really just wanted to bring out um, more vibrant spaces within the community, especially out on the west side. And since then, I've just kind of blossomed into the artist that I am today. <laughs> Well, before I talk about the conventional um, tour with VSL. Yeah. Visit Salt Lake. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got Salt Lake. it. <laughs> I got it. I want to hear just a little bit more about um, what inspires you all to continue this work and how you get your inspiration from the community. We heard a little bit about that from our previous guests. And mm -hmm. I, I just want to continue that conversation a little bit about you know, I heard, uh, Chris, you talked about nature and really mm -hmm. getting kids out there to play. But, you know, how is that shown in your art and mm -hmm. some of your visuals? And then how are you continuing that? And it ke keeps you going. Yeah. So with the community murals that I have done, you know, it does involve a lot of like the younger, the youth really helping me out and just letting them know that like you can do this for a living. You really can pick up a brush and just start painting, whether it be for fun or, you know, to make a living off of it. And so my role for that is to, you know, involve the community in that I'm doing this for them by, you know, enhancing their space that they're living in. And they, you know, get to see these spaces every day on their drives home or at the school. And that's kind of what encourages me to just keep going for the community. Show them that you can actually do this. Chris? Chris? Oh, man. <laughs> it depends on the project, really. I... I 
I'm working on some projects right now that are really about engagement, not just a fine mural product, but about the engagement piece. Because murals are creative placemaking tools that are so powerful, and everybody's realizing the bang for the buck is big with murals. That's why there's an explosion of them. Mm-hmm. And it it brings people in. It brings people together. And so for me, I I look for opportunities to not only paint a meaningful mural, but also to try to organize community around that wherever it's possible. And, and in a lot of cases with private clients, it's just not. Mm-hmm. But for the the projects that I want to make happen, I make sure that that's a piece of it because I feel like there's so many opportunities around a, a mural that, that can really open up a community and bring it together in ways that we've struggled to come together. Um, we haven't been able to find very many ways to come together, and it's one that I think can do that. Can you? both tell us a little bit more about that where do you have examples of even public-private partnerships where you've had to work with the community and what changes have you seen either in those relationships to the community or to the commercial go yeah please yeah. Miriam. so I recently did one over oh man it's like over across by the Sorensen Community Center um, right there by the new park that they built and that one specifically was organized by the U and we actually asked a lot of the community you know what words it was about gentrification but you know what about gentrification is happening within this community that you would like for me as the artist to incorporate for you you know the actual community and man that day was just filled with just happy kids and like adults were coming in and like oh can you put this word in there and this word what kind of words did you hear i'm just Um, curious yeah so opportunities was one um community of course was one of the words as well um oh man i can't really think there was at least like eight different words in there you'd have to go and check it out but um the the mural itself was you know the utah valley and then we wanted to incorporate housing so i incorporated a lot of um, different types of buildings and everything and little thought bubbles of little humans like kind of saying the words that the community wanted to incorporate so that was really eye-opening just to kind of see them want to be involved in that and really want to get their hands dirty and actually do this for themselves and the community that they live in Chris, do you have examples of that? I have a great example, yeah, if I may. Hear it. Yes, please. So this, I got funding for a mural somewhere in Salt Lake mm-hmm. and an animal. And I found a local business who somehow has agreed to let me paint a 120-foot trout on the back of their business. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> Not just any trout, the Bonneville cutthroat trout, state <laughs> fish. Yes. And there's programs, agency programs, to help um, conserve the species and the habitat. And one of the programs that's kind of a cool partnership that the mural is highlighting, because it's a juvenile um, pattern of a, of a, a, a Bonneville cutthroat trout, is the Trout in the Classroom program, where they'll actually have little eggs hatch in a classroom and kids can watch it and learn about the life cycle. That's happened at Dilworth and you went to schools nearby this business in Sugar House that we're partnering with. But we've actually did a GoFundMe to raise money to buy the 
the tank and the trout to put one in the community market at, at the neighborhood hive at 21st and 21st near where Blue Plate was. Mm-hmm. So there will be a trout education zone inside the space. There's going to be a giant mural on the outside that'll show all the kids where the trout tank is. And on the 22nd of October, a little less than a month away, we're going to have the first annual Bonnie Ball Street Festival (laughs) and mural (laughs) celebration where we're going to have a kids art zone. We're going to have DJ Annika. We're going to have fly tying fly casting now you're talking me yeah, you know that's, that's what yeah i love to you know fly fish we're doing <laughs> a little writers um workshop for teens and kids with terry tempest williams is mm-hmm. going to be joining us wow. it's going to be a super cool day 10 to 4 neighborhood hive that's the kind of thing that i love to do it's engagement it's celebrating the species it's engaging kids in know new imaginative activities mm-hmm. anyway that's my that's my example <laughs> it's a good example so um thinking about visit salt lake and the mural collect um that you all worked on convention that you worked on tell me how you got involved in that and and how that kind of connects with what you want to do in these kind of projects do you want to tell me about it yeah so my inspiration with the mural in general um it's west of conventional right so you really have to incorporate Salt Lake City, the Valley, you know, what Utah's known for. So I actually spent some time um, at Antelope Island and where the bison are kind of went out that way as well and just wanted to really like not interact with the animals, but just to see see them in real life, you know. Um, a lot of the art that I do is inspired by nature and the best way for me to catch that inspiration is to actually like see it in real life. So a lot of the pictures that I use are references to the actual art that I that I display. Um, so that's where the inspiration for that mural came from. And shout out Joshua Sherman. He actually surprised me with this opportunity. And it was my first large mural that I've ever painted and probably one that I'm the most proud of. Um, it also has the Bonneville cutthroat trout as well. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just a big representation of, you know, what Salt Lake is known for in Utah as a whole. And our uh, listeners can find that a little bit wild, a little bit rooted Mm -hmm. by Miriam and it's at the Copper Mine Saloon in Magna, Mm -hmm. 9071 West Main Street. So I think people can take that tour. And then Chris, I pass yours quite often. Want to tell us a little bit about your I love that mural. So that was the funnest project. I I was actually a backup on that. They called me last minute and uh, Josh had connected me with um, Hip and Humble, Sheridan, the owner there. And she was a little hesitant, I think, when, when we first met, but she, she said she wanted a mural that represented um, community, color, inclusion, and feminism. Mm. And I had been um, working with this mama bear concept and pitched it to her, and she loved it, and we collaborated to come up with some of the elements. And um, anyway, that was a really fun project. It was it's a lot of beautiful color that I think is just pleasant to look at. Mm-hmm. I think I came by and you, saw you, you. I was in the neighborhood and saw you painting it. Queen yeah. Ursa. Queen it, Ursa. It's very beautiful at Hip and Humble on 1043 East, 900 South. So, so it's like the whale and Queen Ursa are having a 
They're neighbors. Right. Yeah, they're buddies. <laughs> and it is. It's just very bright and vibrant. So both of these are beautiful, and both of them have animals in them mm-hmm. that are, resonate with me in Utah and nature. And so that's one of the things I, I love about your art. Um, Miriam, one of the things I did want to ask about you, and, and, and Chris uh, talked about this intersection a little bit with poetry and, and fly tying and all these other intersections between you know, visual art but other art. You have something going on with a friend of yours with prompts. You want to talk about uh, the journal? I just thought that was really neat and wanted to hear more about um, how you see visual art intersecting with other art uh, mediums. Yeah, so that's my one of my best friends, Rihanna Shea, Rihanna Shea Holt. Um, She actually hosts these journal meditation sound bowl movement workshops um and she had one journal that she came out with about a year or so ago and wanted to create a new one um her brand is called reawaken and the journal on the outside that we designed is a peace rose and that really has a lot to do with her grandmother as well and just a rose that she actually has in her actual garden up front um so she pitched me the idea of can you design me you know a journal and this is kind of my her vision and I really wanted to reawaken, you know, and it's a, it's a basically the rose in bloom. So it goes from like a bud and then it's like opening up and then at the very front, it's like the actual rose itself. So that's where the inspiration for that came from. And it meant a lot for me that I, w- I wanted to bring her vision to life really. And I, I see her and I see the journal and it just like two peas in a pod. Um, in the journal, there are, I believe, seven journal prompts, um, I actually thought it was a good idea to have her use her handwriting to write the prompts herself because it actually has a more personal feel to it. And within the journal, there are these illustrations as well that I literally drew a picture of her dancing. So there's one of her as well. And so I really just want to incorporate all of those illustrations that tie in with, you know, what she's trying to do and use her voice within the journal. So that's something that we created recently. That's great. And for more information, we'll be on your website. Yeah, we can post that online as well. Mm -hmm. And Chris, do you have any other intersections where you see your visual art like fly fish tying and, and some of these pieces where you know, you can really see how these mediums tie in together and people can really grasp them. Tomorrow at STEM Fest, I'm going to be there (laughs) leading a community art project, a mural of sorts. It's going to be kind of crazy, but come on by. Four to eight, family family time, I think. Mm -hmm. I've been working with the Utah STEM Action Center to try to... um, help expand some of the innovation concepts and dispel the myths of left brain, right brain thinking, yeah, et cetera, I to, like to um, just help them reach more people and, and get more creativity interwoven into some of those things. So that's a great example. Yeah, it is. That's a wonderful example. So what are you going to be doing youth art yeah. projects? <laughs> you mean? With the community yeah okay. I, I it's basically a panel that i've painted partly to mm-hmm. lay the groundwork for a composition and then we're going to be having little trinkets and wood pieces and stuff that they'll glue together and then adhere and it should be pretty i, mean, I don't know how it's going to turn out get your hands into that yeah. one that sounds, sounds really fun. fun tuesday and wednesday this week four to eight at mountain american expo center check tonight's show notes for a link you know there's an intersection that uh, we can explore here Nicole, and that's music with creativity. And uh, we asked for a song or two, and I've got this Mansour Brown serious song 
queued up. It's something that Miriam listens to when she paints. It's very meditative quality because mm-hmm. I'm always curious when you paint, you're like what's going on in your mind, what do you take into your mind, then ends up on the canvas, mm-hmm. Nicole. Yeah, well, I love this meditation and what, how you can get into the flow mm-hmm. of any creativity. So let's, sounds very awesome. Okay, we'll listen to a bit and come back and wrap our conversation. Meet your maker on KRCL. listening to Meet Your Maker, Conversations About Creativity on Radioactive. I'm Laura Jones. Nicole Bordeaux, how's it going so far? It's going well. I'm so excited to be talking to everyone about all their creative thoughts and minds and meditation. Are you creative in your personal life? Do you dabble? I do. I write poetry. Oh, maybe one day. You know, if I'd known that, I would have made you bring one. So you know what happens next time. (laughs) Creativity, meet your maker of poetry. Yeah, we we can talk about a little bit of poetry later at at our (laughs) next one, uh, which I like. But I think one of the questions, and I do do this, what do you listen to? And I know we just heard one of your songs, but um, Chris, what do you listen to when you're trying to get in your zone? I think people, especially writers, or uh, visual artists really want to tune out the world I've heard. Is there something that you need (laughs) that you do? Um, Yeah, it depends on what the project is. A mural, when I'm starting off at the beginning, I like to have some kind of pep music, like that Galaxy Asteroids Tour song you played earlier. I love that kind of stuff. Um, Honestly, though, the, the... biggest chunk of music that I love is anything that has a pedal steel guitar in it. Ah, you got a weakness. I have a weakness. <laughs> it resonates it somehow in my body in a way that I cannot resist. And um, so like Old Birds, mm-hmm. Burrito Brothers, a lot of old country. I like some, a lot of new country is really good. But I also you know, like classic thievery corporation kind of around the spectrum i would say but mostly that that older country stuff is what i'm into Uh, we're in the same family (laughs) (laughs) 
So going forward, one of the questions I have is, as you all think about, you know, Chris, we started with where Salt Lake City is today with murals and visual art in the community. Um, and thinking about you, Miriam, um, you know, when, when you came on the set, it, it's, it's not perfect, but it's a little bit better. Where do you want to see it going? What do you want to see? And then, Chris, I'd like to hear that from you as well. You know, what's the, what's the visual, what's the character of this valley mm -hmm. in the next little while? Definitely more inclusion. Um, I definitely want to see a lot more women out here doing doing the art thing. Um, I know I'm not the only one. There's a lot of other women muralists that really inspire me and show me that I can keep doing this. So that's one big one. And uh, just more opportunity because people don't be wanting to look at boring walls. <laughs> so it's nice to to actually have opportunities like that. So more of that, please. You mentioned women muralists, mm -hmm. and you were part of a group of them over yeah, the weekend at the, the Frida, Frida, Frida Fiesta. Mm -hmm. And so we'll be able to go down and see those in the windows, I think, right? Yes, I believe they are going to be on display somewhere down at the gateway. Um, we did have the opportunity to paint them live at the Frida Fiesta. So that was really fun. That was awesome. First annual dun, Frida dun, dun, Fiesta. Dun. <laughs> yeah, keep it coming. Yeah. <laughs> And Chris, what are, you, what are your future thoughts for the community and thinking about the visual and what you'd like to see? I mean, let the murals continue to bloom. I think mm -hmm. it's just like beauty everywhere. Um, budgets that give you good, uh, good art are important. I will say that on behalf of artists everywhere. Zoo Arts and Parts. Zap, are you guys able to get into that action at all? Very little. Very little. Okay. You, know, you hear that, folks out there? Tell your... Representatives, you want more zap money going to muralists. Yeah, pay us more, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I get, I, th I think that's a, a good conversation to have too, because I wanted to hear from you. What can we do to make sure that we see in the community these beautiful, visionary community kind of uh, projects, and how do we support them? I mean, we, you know, you have the listeners at that's your ear. That's not a GoFundMe, right? Can, right. Can I, can I? So I have hooked up with. Utah Wildlife Federation and we are planning something that is that is not just Salt Lake wide but mm -hmm. we're going to paint a mural in every county in Utah it's a wildlife mural that's, that's right awesome. by 2025 mm -hmm. wow. that's and great. we're planning on not only having these murals but also using them as engagement opportunities Fun. and so there there will be more details mm -hmm. on that coming but this Bonnie Ball the Bonneville Cutthroat Trout Mural is the first of that Okay. Series. Well, we'd love to have you all back to talk about that when you're ready to talk more detail. Yeah. These 29 murals. That's right. We have seven locations already identified. We're we have some funding already. We're working. It's you it's can put a bunch awesome. of muralists to work with that. Oh yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and then Miriam, I'd like to hear is you know because that to me this goes right to activism about our environment and nature. Mm -hmm. So how do we do that where we expand people of color and having women and then that cultural experience so that maybe we, you know, collaborate or if there's ways that we can help other organizations collaborate where you can get seven murals from a nonprofit, <laughs> right? Like how do yeah. we expand this? What do you Man, what I can mean, we do? If I mean if you want a mural, it's really, you know, what's your why? You know, why do you want me to paint your wall? What's your reason behind that? And there was one that I just painted recently at um Wholesome Co Cannabis and they really wanted it to be inspired by, you know, Utah native plants. 
that's my jam. I was so excited to paint some plants. I loved mm-hmm. incorporating some yarrow. I incorporated some sage. I incorporated some fern. And I think that's really fun to do. And I think if we can have more opportunities to represent, you know, where we're living, that would be awesome. That's great. <laughs> so I think the last thing I would ask you is tell us what's next for you two. I think Chris has told us a couple of things. Mm-hmm. But if there's any other projects that you're working on. and Yeah, Miriam. Yeah. yeah, so I just have a lot of art markets coming up. I'm actually going to be in the South Salt Lake Craftoberfest. This is my first year. So I'll be there. I have a couple of small markets at the Front Climbing Club coming up as well. Um, just a couple client murals out in Riverton. And I think that's it for the month. I may be doing one for Pit Viper, but that's still up in the air. But yeah, staying busy. And if people want to um, solicit you mm-hmm. for art and murals, is that on your website? It is on my website, okay. artbymermacita.com, <laughs> or my Instagram, which is just underscore mermacita underscore. And we'll put <laughs> both of those in the yeah. show notes. Chris, where can people catch up with you? and and uh, this Bonnie Ball and everything you're talking about. Chris Peterson Studio, that's my Instagram handle and my website, dot com. Um, Peterson S-O-N? O-N, mm-hmm. yes, right. thank you. Thank you so much, everybody, and congratulations, Nicole, on your first yeah. Meet Your thank Maker you, conversation. Thank you all. This <laughs> you know? is really fun for me. This is super fun. fun. Chris had a whole playlist that he sent over, and <laughs> I can put the link to that, but there's a song I want to go out with. But first, thanks to all of our guests. Thank and you for having us. Absolutely, and all of our uh, listeners for plugging into your community weeknights at 6. If you've got a question, comment, suggestion, just reach out, Radioactive at KRCL. But we're going to go out with one of yours on this list here, Chris, 100 years from now. It's the birds on KRCL. <laughs> Have a great night, everybody. Yeah.